President Ramaphosa has announced his much-anticipated cabinet reshuffle. Now, the shuffle saw various ministers being shuffled, deputy ministers promoted, and two entirely new ministries. One of, of the new appointees, Hossein Suramahopa, the country's new minister of electricity, is drawing most of the focus as he's been tasked with confronting the load-shedding crisis in the country. Businesses and opposition parties have lashed out at the cabinet changes, calling it an overbloated executive and a move to consolidate power within the office of the presidency. Business group BLSA has also raised concern that some underperforming ministries remain unchanged. Financial Mail's deputy editor Natasha Marion joins us now to look into the president's reshuffle. Natasha, good afternoon. Always a pleasure. Hi, Nalu. Thank you for having me. Well, finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I think there was a much anticipated, literally, we were all um, waiting for it. Remember, we called you and we said, Natasha, we're going to wait yeah. <laughs> um, until we've seen. So now we've had this announcement. It is out. Let's talk about the general, the general energy around it and how people are feeling in terms of the president's ability to put together a strong team, um, his decisiveness, mm -hmm. and whether these are the right people to put in these positions right now. Okay, well, first of all, I think the president created so much expectation because you and I and everybody else was waiting for over three months, or almost three months for this, for this reshuffle. And so the, the expectation was that it would be quite um, a, a big overhaul. It would be quite dramatic. Um, but in the end, it wasn't. It was quite muted. It was, it was um, for me, it was more politically strategic mm -hmm. than practically strategic in that it's more uh, it, it, it it was more politically important for the ANC and the alliance than it was for uh, for the country frankly so so yeah it it i think the lead up time was just way too long to give us this this uh, reshuffle which was actually um a build on of the of the cabinet and making it even bigger and and that was the big disappointment so i think one of the things that we're maybe also trying to figure out is did it take so long because he was consulting you know um was he thinking about it mulling over it, taking it really seriously because three months is a long time and of course we are used to his predecessor where things happened overnight so that was not necessarily the best you know precedent to set yeah. but three months and then like you're saying i'm not meeting many expectations was this uh, one of those times when the president had to consult and consult again? It was. It was most certainly. Um, you know, we, we're heading to a very important election next year. Um, uh, this is actually our story in the FM on Thursday. We're heading to the 2024 election. And um, as an outsider, my expectation would have been you get the best team in to deliver in the very few months that we have in the run-up to that election. But for the president and for the ANC, um, the view was was vastly different. Um, he, the The perspective was that you don't you don't uh, shake the boat too much to alienate your people internally on the ground. So if you fire uh, Nkosa Zanad Lamini Zuma, for instance, that's the big one we were yes. all talking about, right? All surprised about it. Yes. All surprised that she stayed in the presidency, mm -hmm. that she was shifted Ooh, to the so presidency, presidency, right? And that she stayed in the cabinet. Um, but Nkosa Zanad Lamini Zuma is from KZN. Mm -hmm. The ANC has been taking a beating in, K in KZN in by-elections as well as in the 2021 elections. The IFP is resurging in that province. For 
President Ramaphosa to have axed her from his cabinet with the constituency that she has, which is former President Jacob Zuma's constituency, it would have been very damaging for that province. And as we know, uh, the ANC's strongholds are KZN, the outline provinces, mm. KZN, Eastern Cape, Limpopo, Mpumalanga. And if the ANC in KZN slips massively below 50% in 2024, Y you know, it's over. Yes. The game is up. Absolutely. So, so it was. It was very strategic to keep her in the cabinet because you don't want to demoralize your ANC members on the ground by removing someone who they see as their own. Mm. Um, that's why we also saw Sishlezi Kalala mm. mm. go into public works. He's the former premier of KZN, um, and 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 those that were removed don't have massive constituencies. If you really look at it, Lindiwe Sasulu doesn't have a massive constitu constituency on the ground. Natim Tetua as well. So, so he, he really played a very important uh, game internally for the ANC. And my understanding is that he worked very closely with the ANC Secretary General um, in, in this process in order to, to come up with this sort of compromise uh, cabinet reshuffle. Um, whether it's good enough for South Africans is still, mm -hmm. I mean, it's still not good enough for us. But, but in, if you look at it, in, in light of the ANC's position, that's what the considerations were about. All right, so I wanted to speak about also the deputy president um, role because it makes complete sense. What we've seen, right, since the dawn of democracy and the ANC, um, you know, becoming the ruling party, that the, a the deputy president of the ANC would become the deputy president of the country. It didn't seem like it, this was automatic in this regard, mm -hmm. that there was a lot more consideration to be taken. Um, what, what, what do we make of that, um, Natasha? Is there something to be made of that? Yeah, as we saw in the NC's December National Conference, Paul Mashatile, who was elected deputy president, wasn't on any slate. So he hadn't aligned himself to President Ramaphosa, um, nor had he aligned himself to uh, his, cha uh, his challenger, um, Zuelim Kize, and, and he ran his own campaign. Um, on the other hand, President Ramaphosa's slate or team had their favorites, Oscar Mabiyane, Ronald Damola, and they basically split the vote for their own, for their own slate. Um, so Paul Mashatile was an outlier. He was an outsider in that camp. And there was a lot of concern among his supporters mm -hmm. that, that the president was being influenced by those close to him not to place Mashatile into that position. Because as we know, the deputy president, it's not an automatic shoe-in mm -hmm. for the presidency, but this is Ramaphosa's last term. And this is the presidency-making position going forward. So there was hesitance, but my understanding is that the president and, and Mr. Mashatile have a good working relationship. Whether that's going to translate into Mr. Mashatile eventually ascending to the highest office is, is still to be debated. But, um, but there was definitely concern by Ramaphosa's inner circle that putting Paul Mashatile there would be um, giving him a shoe up, mm. uh, so to speak. But again, like you said, you can't defy protocol, which has been in place since the dawn of democracy. I think this is one that we'll have to watch over the next few very years very closely. closely. Okay, mm -hmm. finally, Dr. Jose Nturamohopa, Minister of Electricity. Yeah. Now he comes in, he has to work, I think there's five departments now that kind of touch electricity. Yeah. It's COGTA because we are in a state of disaster. It's National Treasury because we're trying to manage debt. It's uh, Public Enterprises because that's where ESCOG actually operates. We also have Mineral Resources because new generation is supposed to fall under that. Yes. And then this department. Yes. <laughs> no, I know, I know, but my, my, I'll just tell you my understanding. I, I don't, you know, it's very difficult to see the logic, but 
Um, in President Ramaphosa's announcement last night, he was very specific that this minister would focus on ending load shedding. That does involve all those departments you've mentioned, COCTA for the national disaster, uh, state of disaster, to provide ESCOM with everything it needs to end load shedding. Energy on energy policy, public enterprises on uh, as the, the main shareholder of ESCOM itself. But what I did take out of pre President Ramaphosa's announcement is that Josienzo uh, Ramachopa will work directly with ESCOM mm. to end load shedding. So my understanding is he will be the interface between the government and ESCOM. So he will, he will coordinate all of those departments in, in, in relation to ESCOM. Whether that's going to work is, is just beyond me because there are such big personalities in those yes. departments, yes. right? Yes. You've got uh, Gwede Mantashe, you've got Pravin Gordan, now you've got uh, Tembi Nkadimeng, who's a strong, yes. very strong um, leader, yeah. leader mm. at, at COCTA. So whether it's going to work, we have to, we have to watch that space closely. Um, whether Josienzo is up to that task, mm. I mean, He's he's a he's a technocrat. Mm -hmm. He's an engineer. Mm -hmm. He's um he's a really bright politician, but he's he's inexperienced mm -hmm. in relation to national government. So let's watch that space closely as well. Yeah, I mean it would be very unfortunate if all of this happens and we still don't see the the, the new low shedding stages or you know the progress um, that we are hoping to make from there, Natasha. And then before I let you go, let's just touch on the new faces. Um, you know, there's some people. Of course, if you if you watch ANC politics very closely, some people were not of a surprise. Um. And for people who don't follow politics very closely, it's, who's that? You know, yeah. <laughs> there was that kind of reaction. So let's talk about the new faces um, that were announced yesterday. Um, what's interesting is uh, th these are not new faces, but but they're interesting for me. Um, Zizi Kodwa, yes. Minister of Arts, <laughs> Sport, Art, and uh, yeah, and recreation, sport and recreation yes. something like that. Um, a lot of people saw that as a demotion. He was in the presidency before as a deputy minister. Um, it's, it is, in fact, a promotion because now he's a fully-fledged yes. minister in arts and culture, right? Um, and then we saw uh, Kumbuzo Nchaveni, the communications minister, who I'm so disappointed because she was fabulous. Not yes. Fabulous is a, is a strong she word. She was doing a decent job. She was doing a decent job in communications. Mm -hmm. And it's a very crucial portfolio for the economy. But she's now been shifted into the presidency um, to head up state security, which is a mess mm -hmm. and it's a minefield. Um, so that, that was a very bizarre move for me. Mm -hmm. um, although Madli Gungubele, who's, who's quite close to the president, is now heading up communications. Mm -hmm. We have Noxolo Kivet, who's yes. coming to the cabinet. She's uh, from the Eastern Cape, mm -hmm. uh, also quite a strong uh, minister. And then obviously tourism. Uh, Patricia DeLille has not had the chop. She's not, she's not left. Uh, Dupua Peters is also back. Mm -hmm. um, she was uh, also a former in, in the intelligence space. So, so there is, a, there is a, a quite a return of, of many people. But also the key thing about this reshuffle is who didn't go. Yes. Um, Becky Tele is still in his, in yes. his post. Um, Leiden Zimandi, uh, Angie Mocheka. Tulas Nesi at Labour, um, all of these considerations, those uh, like uh, ministers such as Blade and Tulas were particularly, um, the, the alliance partners were particularly vociferous about retaining them. And, and again, the ANC doesn't want to antagonize its alliance partners in the middle of a big strike, mm -hmm. as well as in the m uh, uh, a few months to the election. Yeah. Well, we'll be watching closely for that article on Thursday, Natasha. Always a pleasure, um, you know, catching up with you and getting your insights on this political realm. Thank you so much. That was Natasha Marion, Deputy Editor and Columnist for Financial Mail.